Welcome to the Magnificat Podcast. We are an international ministry to Catholic women. Throughout this series, we will pray together, share insights, and hear amazing testimonies, typically from women of faith who have been touched by the power of the Lord in their lives. This is a decidedly Catholic podcast, and in this series, you will hopefully learn more about the Catholic faith, God, the Blessed Mother, and much more. Thanks so much for joining us. Now let's listen to a great program. In the 1980s, Deacon Ken and Marie Finn felt led to write a Bible study. Along the way, they met and were encouraged by two saints, Pope John Paul II and Mother Teresa. Marie clearly remembers meeting Pope John Paul II. She said that he was so gracious with that beautiful smile he had, and she said he went on to uh, greet Deacon Ken first, and she said, I don't remember what he said to him directly, but when he came to me, I remember him distinctly saying to us, do not get discouraged, finish your work. And then she said he took both of their hands and gave them a blessing. Well, if that were not enough, Mother Teresa uh, goes on to tell them that it is a wonderful work of God, and I assure you of my prayers that you may continue to do this work, which he has entrusted to you with great love. As it turns out, the Bible study, before it was even published, went all over the world through Mother Teresa's order, the Missionaries of Charity, and also the Legionnaires of Christ. This Bible study, The Bread of Life, is a Catholic Bible study. It has the Neil Obstat and Imprimatur and focuses on the readings for the coming weekend. Let's listen now as Marie helps us to hear the Word, pray the Word, study the Word, proclaim the Word, and live the Word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Bread of Life Catholic Bible Study. The paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I have told you. John 14, 26. Let us begin with prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I cannot understand your word without your grace. I acknowledge my weakness so your power can reach perfection in me. Send your Holy Spirit to remind, teach, and guide me to the truth. And may I share as soon as possible whatever you teach me. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful. Enkindle in us the fire of your love. Amen. All of Deacon Ken's personal answers are from a book dated 1993 to 2000. The application from last Sunday's 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. The first reading tells us the good news is the message of hope. The second reading shows that faith without works is useless. The gospel reveals that Jesus is a hands-on healer who is gentle. This week, let your faith be visible to your family. Let your actions be a sign of what you really believe. 
Show a family member a side of you that prays, reads scripture, meditates, and worships with joy. Better yet, invite a family member or friend or school or work associate to pray with you or go to a worship service with you. Remember, God wants to heal others through you. All you have to do is be available. Deacon can answer that. I invited my daughter and her children to attend our assembly at St. Mary's School. They joined the whole school in saying the rosary. I was thrilled to share my faith with them. And I answered, my family sees me as one who loves the Lord and has committed her life to serve the Lord. When I was with my great-grandson last week, his allergies were acting up and he was itching his arm. I put my hand over the spot and prayed for him. As long as I prayed over the spot, he was quiet, peaceful. His mom then came and put some cream on it. What was a helpful or new thought from the readings or from the homily you heard on Sunday? And from what you learned, what personal application did you choose to apply to your life this week? Deacon Ken, the good news is a message of hope, and we are the messengers. His application, I will speak with the lips of Jesus, see with the eyes of Jesus, listen with the ears of Jesus, love with the heart of Jesus from now on. And I answer that Jesus makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. My application, bring all the sick I know to Jesus, lay hands on them and believe he will heal them. Speak words of praise and thanksgiving for the healing taking place in their lives. This Sunday is the 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time. The gospel is from Mark 8, 27 to 35. Then Jesus and his disciples set out for the village of, around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked his disciples this question, who do people say that I am? They replied, some, John the baptizer, others, Elijah, still others, one of the prophets. And you, he went on to ask, who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. Then he gave them strict orders not to tell anyone about him. He began to teach them that the son of man had to suffer, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes be put to death and rise three days later. He said these things quite openly. Peter then took him aside and began to remonstrate with him. At this, he turned around and, eyeing the disciples, reprimanded Peter, get out of my sight, you Satan. You are not judging by God's standards, but by man's. He summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, if a man wishes to come after me, he must deny his very self, take up his cross, and follow in my steps. The word of the Lord. Questions. What question did Jesus ask his disciples? Who do people say that I am? And what was the response? Some, John the baptizer. Others, Elijah. Still others, one of the prophets.
What did Jesus specifically ask his disciples? And you, who do you say that I am? And what did Peter say? You are the Messiah. In John 6, 69, it says, we have come to believe. We are convinced that you are God's holy one. A personal question. Who do you say Jesus is? Deacon can't answer that. He is my God, my all in all, my savior, my spouse, refuge, rock, strength. He is my Lord and master. And I answer that he is my Lord and savior. He is everything to me. He is my friend, my confidant. And as Ken said, he is my spouse, as Isaiah 54, 5 says. But he who has become your husband is your maker. His name is the Lord of hosts. Your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel called God of all the earth. What did Jesus warn them not to do? Not to tell anyone about him. What did Jesus begin to teach them? Mark 8, 31, that the son of man had to suffer much, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, be put to death and rise three days later. Five, what did Christ do for us and for what reason? 1 Peter 2, 20 to 25 says, if you do wrong and get beaten for it, what credit can you claim? But if you put up with suffering for doing what is right, this is acceptable in God's eyes. It was for this you were called since Christ suffered for you in just this way and left you an example to have you follow in his footsteps. He did no wrong. No deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he returned no insult. When he was made to suffer, he did not encounter with threats. Instead, he delivered himself up to the one who judges justly. In his own body, he brought your sins to the cross so that all of us dead to sin could live in accord with God's will. By his wounds, you were healed. At one time, you were straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd, the guardian of your souls. Personal, how have you suffered in this world? Deacon Ken, most of my suffering has been self-induced. My pettiness, loudness, criticalness, and my pride has kept me from much redemptive suffering, like Christ experienced. Another book, he said, mostly through the disease that has attacked my body. In another book, he said, yes, mostly physically. My health has caused much physical suffering. I suffered trauma in my family. And I answered that through my mind, my thoughts, negative thinking about myself. Much of it, like Ken, has been self-induced, resulting in self-pity. I know my Lord loves me, my family loves me, my friends love me, but without Ken here, I keep falling into this negative thinking about myself. I hear the Lord say over and over to me, aren't I enough for you? Be thankful I am here. I will never leave you or forsake you. Thank you, Lord. Six, how did Jesus speak to them and what did Peter do? Mark 8, 32. 
quite openly. He took him aside and began to remonstrate with him. How did Jesus always speak and teach? John 18, 20 says, I have spoken publicly to any who would listen. I always taught in a synagogue or in the temple area where all the Jews come together. There was nothing secret about anything I said. Eight, what did Jesus do to Peter? What did he say to him? And whom did he specifically address? Reprimanded him. Get out of my sight, you say. You are not judging by God's standard, but by man's. And he was addressing Satan. What does Jesus command Satan to do? Get out of his sight. And in Matthew 4, 10, he says, away with you, Satan. The personal. What has your reaction been to being rebuked? Deacon Ken, defensive, sulking, anger. But lately I'm trusting more in the Lord and asking for humility. And I answer that sadness because I never want to offend the Lord or anyone else. Yet I bring it to the Lord and try to see where I may need to change. 10. What did Jesus tell the crowd the one who wishes to come after him must do? Mark 8, 34. He must deny his very self, take up his cross and follow in Jesus's footsteps. Who is not worthy of Jesus? He who will not take up his cross and come after me is not worthy of me. What will happen to those who wish to save their life? He will lose it. And what will happen to those who lose their life for Jesus and the gospel? But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will preserve it. Personal question. In what specific way have you lost your life, died to self for the sake of Christ and the gospel? Deacon Ken, I have yielded to Christ by yielding to others. And I answered that I gave myself totally to my husband and did everything he wanted. And now I have given myself totally to Christ by proclaiming his word through this podcast or in any other way. He deems fit to use me. I am his. I am truly blessed to have had a husband who was under Christ's headship. 1 Corinthians 11.3 says, the head of every man is Christ. The head of the woman is the husband, and the head of Christ is the father. Read and meditate on Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice in supplication, because he has inclined his ear to me the day I call. The cords of death encompassed me. The snares of the netherworld seized upon me. I fell into distress and sorrow, and I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, save my life. Gracious is the Lord and just. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord keeps the little ones. I was brought low, and he saved me. For he has freed my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I shall walk before the Lord in the land of the living. What is the Lord saying to you personally through the psalm? And how can you apply it this to your life, Deacon Ken? 
The Lord protects the simple, his application. I will speak truthfully and plainly to everyone. And I answered that the Lord keeps the little one. I was brought low and he saved me. My application, the Lord brought me low through his all-powerful word, showing me how to submit and die to myself and think of others as superior to myself. The commentary, Mark 8, 27 to 35. This gospel shows us how much we relate to Peter in his, his moment of fickleness. One moment he proudly proclaims Jesus as Messiah, and in the next tempts Christ to abandon the instrument of his messianic power, the cross. Caesarea Philippi was an especially pagan city known for its worship of Greek gods. Its temples were devoted to the ancient god Baal. It was a fitting place for Jesus to ask the disciples to recognize his identity as the son of God. Jesus asked the disciples who others thought he was. Then he focused on them. The question, who do you think I am, was asked because, like the disciples, we must understand and accept for ourselves that he is the Messiah. We must move from curiosity to commitment, from admiration to adoration. Jesus told his disciples not to tell anyone about him because he knew that they needed more instruction about the work he would accomplish through his death and resurrection. Today, more than ever, we need to know Jesus through his word and through spending time alone with him in prayer. When we confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we need to know what that will cost us. Jesus spoke plainly and directly to his disciples about his death and resurrection. Peter was not able to handle the thought of Jesus being put to death and tried to talk Jesus out of making these kinds of statements. Peter wanted Jesus to be king, but not the suffering servant prophesied in Isaiah 53. He was like many of us today, ready to receive the glory of following the Messiah but not the persecution. The Christian life is not a paved road to wealth and ease, but often involves rejection, pain, loneliness, and sickness. Peter saw only part of the picture. We need to focus on the resurrection that follows the crucifixion. Today, many people spend their lives seeking pleasure. Jesus told us, that the world of pleasure centered on possessions is ultimately worthless. Follow Jesus, and we will know what it really means to be fully human and fully alive. Our application this week. The first reading shows us Isaiah's vision of the suffering servant. The second reading tells us that faith without works is useless. The gospel shows Peter like us, looking for the king instead of the servant. This week, let your actions be seen by those who are in great need. This may be right in your family, school, or work area. Take time to help someone. Maybe pray, play, or study with them. 
Spend some time with someone who is lonely, sick, or in prison. Let people say that by the way you act, it is obvious that you really know who Jesus is. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for this lesson. and Thank you for your presence. Thank you for teaching us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. To more fully participate each week, you may visit the St. Dismas Guild website at stdismasguild.org. That's S-T-D-I-S-M-A-S-G-U-I-L-D dot O-R-G to either purchase the Bread of Life Bible Study book or download the complimentary lessons. In 1989, Deacon Ken and Marie Finn began this prison, pro-life, and pro-family ministry to remind us that the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I have told you. John 14, verse 26. God bless. Thanks so much for listening to this Magnificat podcast. Have you been touched by our time together? If so, for more information or to find a Magnificat chapter near you, go to our website at magnificat-ministry.org or visit us on social media. We would love to hear from you. You can also email us at magnificatcst at aol.com or call 504-828-MARY, M-A-R-Y. Until the next time, may God bless you.